is the Big Church Podcast. How y'all doing this morning? Everybody good? Come on, you're doing better than that. Everybody doing good? Listen, you are alive and you are well and you are breathing right here. You might be breathing through a mask, but you are still breathing. You have something to praise God for. So many times we get up and high live stream. And so many times we get up and we forget to when we put our feet on the ground, but we need to be praising God and giving glory for what we have and not what we don't have. Because what we don't have can be a list a mile long, but what we do have, you cannot even get on the list. Oh, God is so good this morning. Come on, one more time. One more time. All right, now I want to officially welcome all y'all in the room. It's so good to see you back live and in person. And I want to say hi to you all out there online today. And we are so glad to be back in the building and so glad to have you wherever you're watching from today. And, um, you know, Pastor Mindy has, over the last two weeks, has done an awesome job on, on this uh, Influence, and when she first started talking about, it, I was like, "This is, you know, this is going to be pretty good." And that's what birthed this particular message too. But over the last few weeks, uh, she said she told us how Jesus influenced the city, and everywhere that he went, he was an influence. He just, we told us how he influenced the crowd, how he influenced the crew, which is his, what you're going to get signed up after church right now. Amen. Everybody signing up out there? Yes, you are. You are. Do it. And he also talked. She also talked about the core you got to get your people around you. You have to get those few people that are going to be in your corner come hell or high water. Those people that you'll take with you when you need you and the people you can go to when you need them. But let me give you the definition of influence. I love definitions. Here we go. The capacity or power of persons or things to be compelling force or to produce effects on actions, behaviors, and opinion, the capacity or of power to compel you to do something. The title of my message today is called Under the Influence. Come on, I know what y'all are expecting to see cops come up here, bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? Did you, come on, that's, that's good, y'all know it. I'm praying for you, Jake, you know that song too. You, but the first thing we start thinking about is being under the influence is something that's like really bad. But understand that what, what does under the influence look like? When a person, I've been under the influence many, 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 many times in my life. And what that looks like when you're under the influence of a substance is your, your judgment starts to change, Right? You start making decisions not the way that you normally would. And you start seeing when you're under the influence that your reaction time to what you used to be able to is not quite there. That's why they tell you to walk the line. Come on, walk that line when you're trying to do that. And say, who can say their ABCs backwards anyway? I can't even do that sober. <laughs> Come on, I can barely say them frontwards to backwards, you know. But when you're doing those things, they're trying to figure out your reaction times. And all of when you see that, everything that you are, you're impaired by. Your capabilities are not the same when you are under the influence. You're not able to do the things that you normally do, and you do the things you normally won't do. Can I get an amen? amen. Have you ever woke up somewhere don't know where you woke up at? No. I had a lot of yeses out there. I woke up a few times and thought, well, how in the world did I end up getting here, you know? But when you are under the influence of a substance or something like that, it makes you and it changes you and you do things that you normally would not do. Listen, we can also be under the influence of people, right? 
How many people pleasers we have in the house out there? Y'all are admitting it. Hey, there's, there's hope for you over there. But we go through social media, and there's people on social media that are called influencers, right? They influence you to go places, travel tips, you know, where to stay and what to do. They influence you to buy things. Come on, ladies, y'all need to stay off of that one right there. And some of you guys on Amazon, you know, you don't have to, it doesn't have to deliver every single day to your house. They influence you to try things. I'm on vacation, or kind of vacation with Keenan last week, but uh, we were out there, and I looked over, and my lovely wife of Mary, the Mary Kay woman, was watching Huda, Huda Beauty. Almost butchered that name. Huda Beauty on how to put her lip gloss on, and I'm like, here's a Mary Kay woman for the last eight years because she's only 29, but. Watching someone put on something because she's influenced by the way that she does those things. What influencers also do is they create trends. But you know what? I've also noticed when I was looking over some of these people, not all these influencers are good people, right? Some of you are influencing you to do the things you probably shouldn't be doing. So we need to kind of X them out or block them or whatever you do. You can tell how technical I am. But we also look at the media sometimes. We look at the media and wow, what an influence the media has on us right now. Can I just be honest with you? I don't know what to believe. Wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Uh, you know, all the things you hear, you hear one thing and then it's like a day later they're changing it on us and, and we don't know what to believe or, how to, or what, how to believe. Then you have commercials and ads on TV. Do you want to know what always happens when you start a fast? Every commercial that comes on TV is a food commercial. Come on. Oh, y'all, yeah. Y'all must not have been fasting. Okay, I'm gonna start saying we need to, <laughs> need to start fasting and praying more. But, but everything on, even if you normally don't go to McDonald's, that Big Mac looks so good when you're on a fast. So we're influencing. Hey, thank you for that. Amen. Here we go. But commercials and ads do that. So we understand that people and media and commercials. They show what an influence the world can have on us. Let me ask you this and ask you out there online. What or who are you under the influence of? As we, as we heard that Jesus in Matthew was coming to his disciples, the greatest influence is starting to speak to his disciples. And he's telling them, guys, listen, I'm leaving. I've got to go. And they all were like, they were fearful, they were sad, they were scared, they were unsure. They didn't know what was about to happen. But in, in John 16, 7, he says this. He said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, the influencer, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Jesus, listen to this, he had to give up his influence on earth to introduce a whole new influence. So many times we want to hold on to everything that we want and, and we don't want to impart anything back to anybody else. But Jesus is about to give it up. You know why he had to give it up? Because the Bible says the word Jesus became flesh and he dwelt among us. Jesus couldn't reach everyone because of his humanity. He couldn't walk thousands of miles. He couldn't be everywhere at one time. But he reached the thousands. He impacted thousands. But he saw into the future. He saw that there needed to be something else much bigger than what he could do. 
He was leaving, but he was leaving behind one who could influence or reach the whole world. And not only the world at that time, but the future world to come, the one that we're sitting in. The influencer I'm talking about is called the Holy Spirit. There's different names for him. You know, I've raised old school church of God. He was called the Holy Ghost up in here. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. And, oh, I'm about to give me a, give me a handheld. We're going on. But he's no different names as the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit and the Spirit of God and the Spirit of truth. But here what we do as a church, sometimes we see him as a feeling. Oh, came into church today and I didn't feel the Holy Spirit moving. I walked in that place and, you know, there just wasn't, the, I didn't feel the Spirit of God moving. Let me just tell you something. The Holy Spirit is not a feeling. He's not a cosmic force. He's not the Star Wars force with you. He's not an event. He is a who. And you carry him everywhere that you go. He's not a religious formula. You can't mix this and you can't dabble in that. You can't to be able to conjure up who he is. He's not a plan. He's not a method. He's not a procedure. And he's not a system. He is a who. He's a personal relationship with you. He's a person that goes with you everywhere that you go. Let me ask you say, why was he sent? You didn't ask, but I'm telling you. Here we go. John 16, 8 says this. And when he has come, he will convict, say convict, the world of sin and of righteousness, and of judgment. Number one thing that he does, he influences us, or he convicts the world of sin. Convict sounds like a very criminal thing, doesn't it? First thing we start thinking about, oh, I'm not guilty, I didn't do it. But we all start thinking about the word convict as prosecution, or you're either guilty or not guilty, but most of the time it's guilty. Listen, can I just tell you out here in this audience, and let me tell you all out there, you're naturally a rebel. Come on. You got the devil on this side, the little, you've seen the old things, devil on this side, and the angel over here. And right now the devil is telling you something, and the angel, and the devil over here is not your wife sitting next to you. Some of y'all was like, I'm saying amen under my breath. Here we go. But I have my angel sitting down here, right here on the front row. She keeps me in line. Brownie points for later. Here we go. But influence and convict us of sin. We're naturally rebels. You know, the devil is on one shoulder. And what happens is, is when he's over here, he's normally screaming out, telling you all of the things that you probably do. Then you also have the the little angel over here, which is the Holy Spirit of God, whispering in your ear. But the enemy is so loud and, and sometimes it's so soft and we have to get rid of the distractions to be able to hear what God is saying to us. He makes people, us, aware by drawing us to him. Listen to what John 6, says. No one can come to the Father unless he draws him. And I will raise him up in the last days. Behold, let me, let me just tell you, I believe there's a time in everybody's life where they're drawn by the Holy Spirit. I don't care if you say you're an atheist. I don't care if you say you don't believe in God. There's a time in your life because you are created in the image of God. And there's a time when he starts speaking to you. You may not listen to him. You may not understand who's speaking to you. But it's the Holy Spirit of God talking to you and trying to convince you. I'm so glad. Aren't you so glad? That God didn't give up on you after the first time? Come on. Second time. Third time. 
Four times. Can I, can I get both fingers up there? All these times that God did not give up on you. Why? Because he wants to continue to draw you to his heart. Thank God for his grace. He wants to influence you and let you know that you need a Savior. And let me just tell you something. The Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is everywhere. You don't have to get saved in a church. Been many people. My dad led my grandfather on his deathbed to Jesus Christ. I don't know that he really ever set foot much in church and didn't believe his whole life. But there was a time when God, oh, thank you, Jesus, for the mercy of God, who on his deathbed gave him the opportunity to be, to be part of the family. You don't have to be saved in church, but it's a good place to start right here. Come on. I'm plugging for next week. Here we go. Is conviction a good thing in a Christian's life? Yes, it is. Let me tell you why it's good for you. It keeps you on the right path. So many times we're walking down the road and we got this little voice over here and this little voice. And the conviction of God comes in and starts telling you, no, you're starting to veer to the left. Go back to the right. Come on. Have you all ever been in part of that right there? When you're going one way and the Spirit of God says, no, you need to turn right around and go back the other direction. So many times in our life and in my life, I haven't listened to that voice and I've ended up somewhere that I did not intend to be because I didn't listen. It makes you aware and it keeps you connected because the Holy Spirit connects you because sin separates you. Holy Spirit brings you back into alignment with what God wants for your life. If you decide not to listen, if you decide not to be influenced, you can be dull and you can become sent, uh, insensitive. And the word says this, I've given them over to their sin. So many times, if you keep going down the wrong road and the wrong road and the wrong... I know this doesn't get preached often in church. After a while, God says, you want to go that way? Go on. I'll find you somewhere on the back 40 when you really need me. Come on. Have you ever been that way? I, when you really do want what I have for your life, I'm going to be here when you want me to be. Just like the prodigal son came home and the father had his arms open. That's the way the Holy Spirit is. We can become dull. Insensitive. Another definition of conviction that we need to stand on in these times is a firmly held belief or opinion that you eat, that you believe in, and you're not easily swayed or influenced to go away from. We live in a world right now where we don't know what to believe, and, and, and we start believing something, we start moving in a direction. Holy Spirit said, if you'll listen to me, if you'll stay laser-focused on where I want you to go, you won't be influenced by all those things that's going on out there. His job is also to influence the world of righteousness. The definition of righteousness is not right behavior. We should have high morals. We should live our life pleasing to God. But so many times we fail because of this. I can't be perfect. We fail because, oh, I just can't be perfect. I messed up that one time. What, what one mess up usually ends up in two is about 12, right? Can I get an amen? Well, I messed up here, so I might as well mess up here, and I might as well just do this and do that. Before too long, you're at a place where you're like, man, I don't even know how to got back this way. And sometimes when you have cheat days on a, on a, on a uh, diet, right, when, when your cheat days turn into cheat weeks, Cheat months, COVID, blame it on COVID. Hey, he gets to blame on a lot of things, so here we go. But sometimes we don't even see the immediate results, so we give up. We give up because it's hard. 
We give up because we don't want to go the extra mile that God is calling us. He's influencing us to go with him. You know, I can tell you this much right now. I always felt like I, I, I never could measure up. I always felt like I wasn't worthy of God, you know, because of all, I mean, I was at the altar every time church opened, and I felt like that I was always in sin, always doing something wrong. But the Holy Spirit's influence and role is to convince you that you are in right standing with God. Can I just, can I, let, can I take some burdens off of you? If you made Jesus your Lord and Savior, your personal Savior, we'll talk to someone out there right now. The load has been lifted. He paid the price for you. No longer do you have to continue to live in that past. No longer do you have to continue with that load and that stuff you've been carrying around with you. He paid it all. He paid it all for your sins of the past, of the present, and into the future. And here's the good thing. He's sitting on the right hand of the Father. And he's giving intercession for you. The Holy Spirit will convince you or influence you to come boldly to the throne of grace. You don't have to be cowering back anymore. You don't have to be afraid. He said you can come and be received. You can come and be welcomed. You can come and be embraced. The prodigal son didn't deserve the father's love. But when he came back with that heart of saying, you know what, I've tried it all. It hasn't worked. I'm going back to the father. It said he hugged him and he kissed him and he loved him. Before the influence of the Holy Spirit, the disciples were afraid. They were hiding. They were running. They were scared. We have Peter who denied Jesus three times. And at the last one, he even cussed. Oop. And the rest of them ran away. But there was something that happened in, in Acts that changed everything. But after that, they were under the influence of something that was supernatural. They couldn't explain it. But listen, a lot of times what happens is we take our experiences and when they really need to be encounters. So many times we come into church and we feel the goosebumps and we like the worship music and we, we, we think of all of the things that make church good. And we leave here the same way that we walked in because we did not have an encounter. That day in Acts, not only did their experience, their experience turned into an encounter. They would never, ever, ever be the same. Peter had encountered something different. Here was a guy, look what he did in Acts 2.14. He said, but Peter, standing up with the eleven, this is a guy that ran away, remember? He raised his voice and he said to them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed. For these here are not drunk as you have supposed, since it's only the third hour of the day. Guys, listen, they're not drunk. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. What do y'all think? But there was something that changed in them so much. Some, the way that they walked and the way that they talked. Everybody said, they must be drunk. They're running around here like a bunch of crazy people. But listen, they had been filled not with a substance, but with a presence. Listen, when the, when the Spirit of God gets hold of your life and He changes you from the inside out, you will be transformed. They were under the influence. They were transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Transform means to change in character or condition. They were so intoxicated by the Holy Spirit, they didn't walk the same. They didn't talk the same. They didn't act the same. Everything around them changed. The ones who used to be coward now are standing up and speaking and proclaiming Jesus. The ones that used to be depressed, they were, to, they were possessed now with something more than just what they had. Yeah. 
The ones that were shy and say they couldn't do, they went to be shiny. And the backwards went to be bold. The Holy Spirit is well able to equip us with whatever we need. Just like them, listen, the Spirit of God dwells in me and he dwells in you. But pastor, I can't speak like you do. I don't know if I'll ever have the words and I can't do the things that that I see other people do. Luke 12, 12, he told them this. He said, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour when you need to know what to say to a coworker, he'll teach you in that very hour. When you need to speak to someone in your family who's given up on you because they thought you were something different, listen, he's going to give you the words to speak to them. And not only the words, your light is going to so shine that you're going to attract them to him. If you want others to feel what you experience, you got to know that you are the influencer. God is going to put people in your path if you'll ask. There's a, a famous evangelist that said, God, when I wake up every morning, I want you to put someone in my path. And he said for over 40 years, he woke up asking God the same question. He ended up leading thousands of people to Christ for the simple things he asked and he was available and his life was so attractive that people wanted to know what he had he said he had he was having conversations with people that you would never even get a chance to speak to only because he asked the Holy Spirit the influencer to go with him each day influence means to persuade and to attract when you're under the influence it's going to cause you to be obedient When you're under the influence, it's going to cause you to be humble. When you're under the influence of the Holy Spirit, it will cause you to live right, not perfect. Come on, that's going to free somebody right there. Just live in that. Live right, but not perfect. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The good thing about God is he allows you to pick yourself back up. And if you go to him and say, God, I'm sorry, I made a mistake, he's able to. And just to forgive you of your sin. If you're under the influence, it will cause you to come to church when everybody else is not coming. Listen, I realize there's things out there right now. There's real risks and there's real things. But man, if you can get in the house, get in the house. Something happens when you're in the house. He will cause you to show up for a prayer meeting even if no one else shows up. Oh, that's a good one for a first Wednesday prayer. And every time we have prayer... He will cause you to sit under your pastors or under your leadership and wait until it's your time. So many times we try to get outside of our time and get ahead of God and jump over him. He says, wait just a minute. So if you would, as you stand with me, please. I'm speaking to someone in this room. And also I'm speaking to those that are online right now listening to the sound of my voice. Listen to this. Under the influence requires something. It requires something of you. D.L. Moody, who was one of the greatest evangelists and publishers, and he founded the Moody Bible Institute, he was speaking to an audience one day, and he held up an empty glass and said, how can I get the air out of this glass? Someone said, hey, get a pump and suck the air out. And many other people He said, that probably won't work because it's going to create a vacuum and probably shatter the glass. And many numerous people suggested things. And Moody just smiled and he picked up the the glass 
And he picked up a pitcher and he simply just poured the water into the full, into the empty glass until it was full. He said, There, he said, all of the air is now removed. He went on to say that the Christian life is not sucking out a little sin here, sucking out a little sin there, and trying to figure out this and find, trying to figure out that. He said, It's being filled to the brim with the Holy Spirit. But if you're full of pride, you're full of anger, you're full of bitterness and unforgiveness of not only others, but of yourself. Listen, that's a big one. You got to let yourself go. You got to let yourself off the hook sometimes for stuff that you had no, you had no control over sometimes. Moody said, I believe firmly that the moment our hearts are emptied of everything that is contrary to God's will, the Holy Spirit will come and fill every corner of your heart. So many times we give our hearts over to God, but there's, there's always that little corner that we hold to ourselves. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. That little part to say, I, God, I believe you can take care of that, but I don't, I don't think you can fix this. God says to you today, that if you allow him to come in and fill up every area of your heart, he's going to show you what a difference your life can be. You have to be emptied before you can be filled up. Listen, maybe you've been under the influence your whole life by the wrong things. The Holy Spirit's job is to influence you. It's his job to draw you into our relationship with the Father. But here's what it takes. You have to allow him to come in. He says, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. He said, I'm just knocking. And sometimes we say, I hear you knocking, but you can't come in. He's knocking. He's standing. He said, all I want you to do is open up the door and let me enter in. And I'm going to change things. You can't do this by yourself because you've tried it and it hasn't worked, right? Salvation is saying yes. And allowing the Holy Spirit to lead you and to guide you and to influence you is to say yes to Him. Listen, you may be here today and you may be watching online and you may be going, I've never had that relationship with the Holy Spirit or with Jesus. I got good news for you. He's only a yes away. He's only a prayer away. He's only that open up your heart away. And maybe you're sitting here today and you're saying, you know, I... I once was influenced for the right, but I've kind of allowed everything else to start influencing me, and I've got a little bit off track. Good news about God is He's the draw that draws you back to center. So I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. The Bible says, pray the prayer and you believe it, not only for salvation, but for also to bring you back to where you need to be. Say, God, I thank you for allowing me to be here. I admit that I have sinned, but thank you for freeing me from my sin and placing your Holy Spirit to be the influence I need to live a life pleasing to you. Help me empty myself so you can fill me up with the right things in Jesus' name. 
If you need prayer as they get ready to sing this song, there's going to be people on the left and the right that will pray with you. And as, as Pastor Mindy said in the first service, this is the time to let God let's have it all. We're not on a time constraint. We're not on anything. If you need something from God today, the water is stirring. Empty yourself into it. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church podcast.